I've gotten behind about a month, month and a half, no podcast. But you know what? You're the audience. You're the audience that rolls with it. You know me by now. This is how Hambo rolls. It's good to be back. Good to be back at the Ham Palace. Oh, this palace is so made of stinky ham. And uh, there's a lot of it. But uh, let's be careful not to slip and let's uh, sit down in the the pink, blocky, spongy, wet (sighs) ham chair. And let's begin. I am, uh, you know, I haven't done an on the road podcast. on the road uh, podcast in a while. I kind of miss doing them. Uh, one of the reasons I stopped doing them is because I keep losing my headphones, uh, which I record into. And uh, it, it, it's it's annoying. It's annoying losing those headphones. I always buy the Apple ones. $30 a pop for those nice Apple ones. You know, I started doing just going to the dollar store. <laughs> I lose so many at this point. Just go to the dollar store, make sure it has some mic it can record in there and, uh, you know, adjust it, you know, bring it up in volume uh, when I bring it into my uh, premiere program. I'm drinking a, drink, drinking a little water. I get high on water once in a while if I drink a lot of it, folks. Um some changes here at the Ham Palace. We've had to kind of cut back. We, we've had some cutbacks here in the Michigan studio. Uh, unfortunately, I can no longer keep up the marvelous uh, uh, back episodes of the Ham Palace. Um, I'm going to have to get a lot of them out of there, at least temporarily, folks. But you can always hit me up um, if you want some back uh, episodes. Um, I'm on Patreon. And, uh, in fact, I'll try to put my Patreon link on my Hand Palace page. But, you know, you can always email me at ScreamingEagles7 at gmail.com. Um, you can also hit me up at, uh, oh, it's a good one, movingslow.blogspot.com. Um, some things are happening. Um, I know last time I, I talked about the convention. And that was a great thing. Um, I've been working with uh, Kablam and IndiePlanet.com to get my uh, first three issues of Rage up. And that's been kind of a a slower process than I wanted it to be. But, um, well, I'm working the the kinks out. Uh, I got one more comic to put up there. And, uh, you know... They have you put up the preview files where you have to put up three pages. Three pages of, uh, you know, small, nicely uh, cropped to their specifications. Um, uh, pictures of the comic, from the comic. so And that takes a little bit of time. And then you got to write it in the descriptions. Um, 
and then you go to the website and you guys oh that's not you know you search for your own comic and you don't find it there's a problem so there's a lot of back and forth stuff with this plus i'm uploading three comics and uh, i think you usually you want to upload just one at a time with this because it's kind of a there's some back and forth when it comes to doing things online and posting your comics but um, I'm also going to be try uh, posting them for sale on my blog. Uh, that's why I have the PayPal buttons up on there um, to start that up. And, uh, yeah, I'm trying to get all my ducks in order here. Uh, meanwhile, still writing. Um, still writing Dark Carpentry, going to writer's group every, every other week to get a critique of each chapter. Once each chapter is critiqued, from the group, I'll give it another, hopefully, final rewrite. And then I'll uh, put it all together into a nice book form and send it out. And uh, probably sell it on Amazon and do a little tour of, of the book. Um, some things are in the pipeline for Rage. Um, he's he's uh, he's just kind of getting his career going here. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to uh, sell some comics beautiful thing to get uh the hands and the book book in the hands of people a complete storyline um i just gotta i just gotta take the whole thing a lot more serious and draw a lot more <laughs> and write a lot more but it's hard it's hard when you don't see the money come in right away and you got to work either the ftj full-time job or the uh ptj part-time job um but you know, I always say it's good to have a part-time job because it keeps you on track. Um, it does. It keeps you on track. So I'm trying. I'm trying to stay on track. I gotta, you know, balance everything. Everything's balanced. Um, working out, meditating. Oh. Um. Had to cut back in the gym membership. Can't really afford that right now. Um, could probably because all the money's going into the Ham Palace. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's why I had to cut back in the Ham Palace so I put the money back into a gym membership. Uh, but I, it's not like I've not been working out. I Once in a while I go for runs, um, but mostly I do my kettlebells. Um, war, put kettlebell workouts and push-ups and karate uh katas and kicks um those keep me going and uh, i can do it while watching tv is it do i burn as many calories as at the gym probably not so that's why i need to get back into the gym but you know it's not bad kettlebells those are good those will, those will sustain um and i've been trying to uh cook some new uh dishes chicken dishes you know went to the library got myself a cookbook um Got to make some copies uh, from those pages, and uh, you know, get the getting the ingredients is uh, that's the big pain in the butt. I hate grocery stores. If I could pay someone to go grocery store shopping for me, I would, but they're really uh, it's very uh, rare. To, it's very rare to find someone at a grocery shop for you in Michigan. Um, maybe in other states and other city, other cities, but not uh, not where I'm at. Um, well, I'm going to go on right into it. Um, I'm going to try to make the spoiler free. 
um, over the uh, this last week, um, there was a lot of anticipation about Twin Peaks, the finale, and I've been getting way deep into Twin Peaks. Um, 18 episodes, so it's a good amount. And, uh, you know, every episode has been <laughs> like a piece of art. Well, extremely well, perfectly lit. Uh, the production value's there. Um, everyone's on their game as far as the actors that are, that are in this show, the old actors from the, from the TV show. And so even some of the new ones like Robert Forster, he's on his game. Um, all very pro and doing great jobs in this. Um, a lot of, a lot of subplots that I was hoping they would tie up, <laughs> but, um, this is definitely, the show is definitely David Lynch heavy, I think, over Mark Frost. Whereas I think the older show was more Mark Frost influence than David Lynch. It, I don't, or maybe it has something to do with limitations of TV, especially ABC when it, I think it came out. On, was it ABC or CBS? One of those two. But anyway, it was on network television and it was such a tight show. You know, they had commercial breaks and all that, and I think that might have had something to do with how they told the sto original story. That when it now when they do this new sh the, the the new show on on Showtime, you don't have commercial breaks, so they're writing it kind of differently. Um, it's more like the movies. It's more like David Lynch's movies. And uh, if you're not a fan of David Lynch as much, then you're gonna be like, oh, this is kind of way out there. Uh, if you are a fan or kind of like a medium in between you might you might dig it and there's definitely some risks that are being took in this show um you know there's there's some nudity now they can have some sex in it it's, they don't overdo it with the sex and nudity but it is definitely there and uh <laughs> the way they reintroduce cooper is so slow and uh so prodding and and you know, he, he has, here's spoilers right now, he has uh, doppelgangers and uh, more than one. And uh, there's a evil doppelganger, the evil Cooper, which I like to say, they call him Mr. C, but I just call him Mr. Evil Cooper. And he's trying, he's on a mission to get to Twin Peaks and I believe, and just take over Cooper's life. Um, but uh, Cooper... You know, it's been he spent twenty five years in in uh, the Black Lodge, which is like the the waiting room between heaven and hell, and uh, part of him has come through. Spoilers, spoilers. Um, part of him has come through back into the real world, but as a different persona, as a uh, a person named Dougie, and Dougie is somebody who has been uh, kind of uh, brain brain dead. Uh, kind of like uh chauncey from being there if you've ever seen that movie it was just kind of like he's one word answers to everything very simple friendly uh person but he kind of has to be helped in and out of a car <laughs> he has his moments of uh uh of genius um he's able to uh detect uh, some insurance fraud um through his 
little help from his intuition. And uh, it's interesting stuff. We get to the last two episodes. There's a lot, a lot of like, are they going to be able to tie everything up? And uh, in some ways, they, they tie some of the main uh, plots up and others they don't. And there's a lot that's left on unexplained uh, and um, it ends up being kind of a time travel story at the end um, by uh, you know Cooper uh, his last line in this so show is uh, what year is it and uh, you know they they go back and he tries to major spoiler here he tries to bring Laura Palmer uh, out of the past and, and prevent her death from ever happening. In doing so, he changes uh, history or he creates another universe where she she lives. and But but she lives as a different person. And he uh, he finds this world where he, uh, he finds a, a doppelganger kind of, of, of Laura Palmer where it's the same actress but She's playing a different person, and uh, so he's he's interrupting uh, history, and he's, he's he has this ability to do that. Um, really uh, interesting second episode. They're both interesting episodes. The way they're shot, um, there's this amazing superimposed, subliminal um, uh, shot of of Cooper's face kind of transparent in the background while he's explaining uh, to his FBI agents, which he hasn't seen in, in years, um, what was going to happen next uh, after he, uh, after the, uh, uh, what do you call that? After meeting his doppelganger in, in, in the Twin Peaks office and, and finding a way to stop him, um, which is, which is uh, very climatic, but a little, little, eh, I don't know. Um, there's this guy with a Hulk hand. He has like a rubber green hand that helps Cooper out in a big way. And kind of, he kind of takes some of Cooper's limelight. So uh, it's uh, it's an interesting show. Uh, I recommend you at least watch the uh, first season of uh, Twin Peaks on Netflix. And if it doesn't grab you by then... Um, maybe the show's not for you, but, um, if you don't have the patience to get through all two seasons, uh, watch the first season, then maybe watch a highlight uh, on YouTube and, uh, and then you can get into the new season of Twin Peaks, uh, you know, on Showtime or wait for the DVD to come out. Um, uh, but it's great TV. There's nothing like a show on TV right now. It's just it, just watching every episode is uh it, it it's it's like um it's an anomaly it's like something that probably shouldn't exist but it is um i'm gonna have to wrap things up here i'm gonna make this a shorter episode because uh i'm running out of battery power folks uh i'm gonna come back do a second part to this and uh when i come back we'll go over uh the dark, the dark disappointment. My thoughts on the dark tower further, um, and then um, uh, life lessons. Uh, I got one 
that's been uh that that I've thought about quite a bit. So, all right, guys, I'll I'll get I'll get you, I'll get right back to you in the part two here. Um, all right, so let me put some batteries in this and uh, we'll pick up again. Okay. Okay, coming on back. Part two, part two here. Um, a little technical difficulties with the battery power. It's okay. Um, yeah, so I guess I'll I'll finish up with the Twin Peaks. Is uh, it was kind of one of those endings where it was um, satisfying yet disappointing. Satisfying is where the main quest is pretty much resolved. Um, didn't quite go the what I thought where I thought it would. I thought Cooper and Evil Cooper would have more of a face to face showdown, at least a showdown of words. Um, that didn't really happen. I, I I got used to Cooper talking a lot more in the original show and talking about um, uh, about uh, you know what's possible in the Black Lodge and, and uh, philosophies and things like that. Um, this one, not so much. This one was a lot more to the point. And let's get to it. And the second part, uh, episode 18, um, that's where it gets a lot more abstract. There, there's a point where um, Cooper meets with uh, Diane, who Diane's like his main squeeze squeeze that he talks to in the, in the original series uh, through a recorder, like kind of like when I'm a tape recorder, kind of what I'm holding right now, but this is digital. But um, And he would report to her about everything that was going on in, in the town. And um, it was neat to see Laura Dern play uh, Diane, which is, uh, she, she had, she dons two hairdos in this, well, two hair colors, blonde in the first part of the show, for the most of it. And then she's a redhead uh, in the, in the, uh, the finale. And um, Laura Dern's just amazing. I've always liked Laura Dern a lot. I always thought she was hot and uh, a great actress to boot. And uh, in this, she's no exception. She's uh, aging like a fine wine. And uh, she knocks character out of the park. And uh, just um, because that's tough. All this time where he's talked about this character, Diane, we've never seen her up until this season. That's a lot to live up to. And uh, I don't know if anyone, any actress could live up to what would be in our minds after a character had been talked about as much as uh, Dale has talked her up. But uh, she manages to really bring it and she looks gorgeous and uh, she has doppelganger in the show and it's interesting. Um, uh, screen time with Dave Lin David Lynch as Gordon Cole has been awesome. Um, he's gotten a lot of screen time in, in the season and I think I think he's and he's brought it every time and uh, I, you don't get sick of watching him and he can act. He can act. Um, as that character, he's great. <laughs> um, he's really, in a way, he's become a caricature of himself in real life and in movies. Kind of, kind of like Kevin Smith has become kind of a character in himself. Um, 
that it's kind of bigger than his movies in a way. And I think the same has, has been kind of happening with David Lynch over the years. Uh, overall, I give the series like uh, eight, eight out of uh, eight out of ten. Um, the only reason I does not get ten is Dale Cooper didn't come back soon enough, and there's a lot of unresolved plots, like more than usual, in a David Lynch uh, story. So I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, season four for sure. Um, but I really, I really loved. I love the music in Twin Peaks, all the different bands at the end of the of the each uh, episode. Although I thought it got a little excessive with the uh, the song running times. I think it, we could have had a little bit more more uh, actual episode. <laughs> Instead of a whole music video, one of the episodes, Trent Reznor uh, performs right in the middle of a uh, of an important uh, episode where uh, Evil Coop gets uh, shot, and uh, you don't know if he's gonna make it. And they cut to Trent Reznor at the Bang Bang Bar uh, singing, <laughs> and you know it's a Nine Inch Nails song, so it's like all right, but. I don't know. Interesting. It was it every episode is artistic. Check out Twin Peaks. First two seasons and the third one. Um well before I move on to uh um the Dark Tower debacle and it is a debacle. Every time I walk past the movie theater, uh where I work, um, I see the uh, Dark Tower on the, on the marquee, uh, the marquee, and I just I cringe because I know I'm in the wrong world when uh, that this version of the Dark Tower is being shown. It's just uh, what a disgrace. Um, anyway, um, the Conor McGregor. Uh, Mayweather fight. Now, I don't talk about sports too often on this show, or not often enough. I'm not a huge sports guy. It's no secret. Um, I'll occasionally watch a Tigers game um, or a Lions game um, once in a while. I like going to a good baseball game. I went to the Yankees uh, stadium. Um, uh yeah, I uh, I like going to Comerica Park. It's a beautiful park. Um, if I can see the sports in person, it's a little bit of a different thing. You appreciate it a bit more. But as far as like knowing stats or anything of, of players, it's out the window for me. Um, what I did watch was the Conor McGregor and uh, Mayweather fight hosted by my good friend Mike. And uh, shout out to uh, Mike Mike D um, for uh, hosting it at his, at his place. Um, uh, that was nice of him. And uh, we had kind of a bonding, uh, friend bonding uh, time there. And uh, another friend of mine, Tim, uh, who uh, had worked with me in uh, one of my movies here. Um, we watched McGregor, the McGregor fight. Um, it was fantastic. Ten round, almost ten rounds. Um, 
it was it was fantastic. But here's the thing. Um, it was again. It's a mixture. A little bit of a lot of disappointment actually, but it's hard to complain when they go almost to the tenth round. He he almost went all twelve rounds. Um, and it's a big spoiler. If you haven't heard about the fight by now, you know, go YouTube it or whatever. Um, McGregor talked a lot of trash. I mean, a lot, an exceptional amount. And Mayweather was quiet, composed. And uh, it's tough because it was like anti-hero versus anti-hero. Um, Mayweather... You know, a lot of people didn't really look him, at him, obviously, as the underdog. He wasn't. May, uh, Connor McGregor is the underdog, but he acted like he was the overdog. Like he was Apollo Creed or something. So it was, uh, you wanted to see, I don't know. For that much talk, you wanted to see some heavy blows. And McGregor just did not land enough heavy blows. He played Mayweather's game. And, uh... He threw some awkward punches with not a lot of power. Although he did land a few. Um, he didn't really have the endurance that it took to go the 12 rounds. And I, I that's why my money was on Mayweather. Because it's like, uh, Connor's got to get lucky and land some blows at least halfway into it. Um, and go all out. If he can't get through, it's not going to be good. Because Mayweather's trained this whole time to go the distance. You know, to play the bob and weave, to play the defensive game. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was his game, and it still was. Amazing. Amazing. Undefeated. 50th uh, boxing match, undefeated. It's unheard of. <sighs> but uh, it was it was funny watching him weigh in. He was all cocky and, uh, you know, flexing and shot, yelling and all that. And um, at the end of the fight, he was uh, drinking whiskey and uh, happy, happy man. And it was funny. He's listening. I was listening to him. And he's like, well, you know, I he's, really, I got weak at the, I got well, wobbly. I got all wobbly at the end and I, I couldn't go. I, I, I just, I'm not conditioned. I, I, I can't. Oh, I, I no, I, I was just out of breath, and he was so well composed, and he just kept going on about that. But the, you know, they both made a lot of money. You know, I think the the uh, the thing here is that you know you promote yourself and you promote the fight as much as possible to make as much money as possible, and it was a lot of money for that. It was a hundred dollars uh, for that pay per view, and uh, yeah. They, uh, they're good at marketing, those two. They'll market the heck out of their products or whatever, the exposure. And that's, I suppose that's a smart way to go, to make as much money as you can. you got to market yourself when you have that much exposure. Um, I think, what's his name, Connor had a, a what you would call it, a whiskey line that he was promoting. Moving on to the Dark Tower. Um... The reviews have not been kind. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, 
you know, it's a heartbreak break because I never wanted to be put in a situation where a movie uh, that was supposed to be outstanding and, and uh, a totally refreshing take at a Western uh, and sci-fi fantasy uh, have a bomb because uh, the producers didn't know what they were doing with the uh, property and they didn't uh, stick to what made it work and it was grossly miscast um, with the exception of McConaughey um, yeah I uh, I did not go proudly did not go see that movie I didn't want to support it um, it was just it needed uh, a Scott Eastwood type actor or an unknown or uh, someone who's been acting a while that just nails the character and because uh, that kind of story is all character driven and they got away from it and they made it this big huge Michael Bay action flick which that's totally getting away from the point of the whole journey of that that story and uh yeah it was just uh it really looked um two-dimensional when that is a deeper story way deeper story than that and uh like i said before roland doesn't even have a hat in this movie i mean i'm not going to see it that's not roland i mean that's not what i envisioned from the acting in the trailers it's not that character um even Jake looks older than he's probably supposed to be and it uh, it's not I don't know I don't know um I'm just going to leave it at that maybe I'll go into it later in another podcast but uh I'm going to start wrapping this up I'm going to go to the life lesson and it has to do with something I've been doing lately it's just throwing hand axes getting ready for the renaissance festival um, why hand axes, you say? Well, that's a good question. Um, it all started, I guess. Well, first of all, going to the Renaissance festivals and actually practicing and trying to get these damn axes into the wall at their little booth and, and knives. But um, I, would, I, I, I had always thought whew, um, it would be cool to have a character that throws hand axes and write a story about that kind of person and um, I ended up writing a story about that kind of person called the ranger which you could read um, a prototype of in, in my, on my blog at uh, griffintutoring.blogspot.com uh, and um, I'm going to go over that story again and uh, you know get it to uh, uh, looked at by my writers group and maybe redo it but uh, yeah I really enjoyed that concept and so I wanted to go and practice throwing hand axes and to see how hard that actually is and there is a kind of a learning curve to it you have to keep your wrist straight and you have to lean left to right and in, in your legs and um, you have to know you have to know when to let go and letting go of that axe at the right time is crucial to hitting your target. And I thought about that, and I thought about that's a great metaphor for 
life is knowing when to let go of things. Sometimes you, you hold on to certain anger uh, situations, certain things from your past. Um, and you have to know maybe there's a time to hold on to that anger and to use it, while there's other times where you should just kind of let it go immediately. And other times when you have to kind of let that pain out when you get to a place where you need to let it go. And, you know, it's, I got to tell you, it's, it's not easy to do that. But I think certain pain has certain times when it releases itself, you know. And if you just can just recognize that and be aware of this, I think you're going to be that much ahead of the game in life. Um, you know, I, it, there's always that cliche that people always say, oh, you need, you need to let go. You need to let it go. Well, you know, hey, it's not their life, okay? It's not their pain. It's easy for them to say. You need to let it go at your own pace. But you need to realize that that is pain that could be giving you a filter. And just be aware of that. And when you're ready to let it go, you'll let it go at the time that it's supposed to let go. And that pain, hopefully honed right, will hit a certain target. And that target could be, that energy, that pain could be transmuted into something productive. Because you're letting it go at the right time. It could go into your artwork, it could go into an exercise, it can go into a marathon. You Knowing when to let go of that energy to fuel you in life could make all the difference. That's my life lesson. Long days and pleasant nights. Everyone, long days and pleasant nights, everyone. And, uh, oh, you know, I got to call Michael Kane. I think I'm, I might go on a little podcast vacation again. You know, maybe I might have him take over. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. Uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. All right. Good night, guys. <laughs>